Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. So Cindy, you've been channeling for 20 years. What is that? What does it feel like? What does channel? it feel like? Wow. It's the most amazing high that you can imagine. Not okay. a high that you would get from drugs, but a high when you're filled with joy, when you're filled with excitement or love. It just feels, it feels loving. It feels sacred to me. It feels very powerful. Like hmm. I can feel the tingling in my body. I can feel heat. I can also feel like intense energies. Does channeling one being feel like an, uh, channeling another being or is it? They're all different. It's just like when we meet people in our life and they all look different and they have different personalities and different um, energies about them. And so yes, one being feels different than another and because I've done this so long and I've literally met thousands of different beings or consciousnesses, I, once I've encountered one I can recognize their energy signature or their thumbprint the next time and it's easy. And what are you thinking about while you're channeling? What is that experience what like? thinking about? Well, I like to try to separate my consciousness and allow the spirit really to, to do and say what it wants to say. Okay. So I sort of separate myself, but what I'm thinking about is, I'm not really thinking, I'm just being, mm -hmm. I guess. I'm not really thinking, but I am observing. And it is interesting to observe how that's all taking place and to observe the words are, that are coming out of my mouth that I hadn't thought of before. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, I guess, what I'm thinking about if there is any thinking. And if there is any thinking, I can, I can take a moment to think, I wonder how the time is, is flowing, especially in one of my groups that I've done once a month for 11 years now. Like, I don't want to run over too late for the participants. So your consciousness still exists. Um, yes. You're still in this space. You're not time. fully unconscious. I'm not right? unconscious. Some people do go fully but unconscious. But I'm pretty spacey. I'm pretty <laughs> like it's it's almost like watching a dream. Yeah. And then everybody asks me, "Do you remember everything you said, or that was said through you?" And I said, "Well, you can't recall everything you've said to somebody all day long yesterday either. <laughs> you know, so I can remember bits and pieces. But I'm not conscious like I'm." recording all of that with my conscious mind. Okay. And then people say, remember when you told me a few minutes ago before the end of the session this? And I said, I don't remember that, but is that what they told you? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I'm kind of in this dreamy, altered state. And yet you're aware and you're observing. So Yes. So, um, so you, can you influence the process consciously as you're channeling? Influence it in what way? Um, I can influence it with regard to time. Okay. And with regard to, um, well, when I say time also, I can quietly, telepathically say to the spirit, you know, let's wrap that up a little bit. We need to make this fair for everyone. Right. So that's interesting. So, so you're not completely exiting the scene. I'm you're, not. You're still there. No, I'm still there. And often people who see energy can say they can see me or some kind of outline of something next to me, next to my body. It's very cool. Very it cool. is cool. 
Um, so what's the difference between the controlled channeling of high-level consciousness mm. or extraterrestrial energy, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, and outright spirit possession? Mm, great question. First of all, I like how you said high-level consciousness and you said extraterrestrial because I've channeled a lot of angels in my 20 years and angels, we must realize, are extraterrestrials because they've never been human Hmm. and they are from another plane of existence. Yeah, it's just a different way of defining it. It's semantics, right? So the difference between the controlled channeling of extraterrestrial energies or high-level consciousness and spirit possession well, it's different and it's not. So if you're thinking of spirit possession like we read about in the Bible, mm-hmm. that's usually not a positive situation. Right. We're usually not spoken of as a positive situation. That does happen. It can happen. It just didn't just happen 2,000 years ago. It can still happen. It's, it's rare, but it can. Um, and the difference is <clears throat> it's very, very important to discern who I've got and what level of a being I'm... I'm, that has approached me. Okay. So the first thing I ask is, are you from the light? Mm-hmm. Because I have found in my experience that spirits can disguise themselves, they can lie, but not if they're confronted. So all we have to do is say, are you from the light? If they are not, they usually just leave. And that's only happened a handful of times in all my 20 years. Interesting. I also go another step, and when the being says, I am from the light, I ask all three of my spirit guides to confirm whether or not that is true. And in my mind, I hear, yes, yes, yes. I can hear from each of them individually. Okay. And then I proceed. So a possession would be uh, if you didn't feel in control. Right. Possession happens without your knowledge. Okay. I'm actually inviting a spirit into my body to merge with me so that it can speak to you in your language. a possession, in the way that most of us understand it, mm-hmm. is kind of a random, coming out of nowhere, taking over the person, influencing them or making them say something that's not really them. Right. Interesting. And I've seen that happen in front of me, actually, with a few clients. What's that like? All of a sudden, their their face shifts the way it looks. Their eyes shift the way they look. Yeah. And they start talking to me. One time a lady sat down and she said, I'm having these thoughts that I don't think are mine. And pretty soon it was like her face clicked. And they said, we want you to this. And we want her to that. And it started um, it started saying like some negative things to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I knew that she was possessed. But I know how to handle that. So Right. It's easy to handle. We'll do future episodes about that. Of course, yes. yes. But that is the difference. I am inviting them. I am confirming that they're, they're good energy. I'm inviting them in, and then I'm allowing that process to take place. Okay, so another question. How can <clears throat> we tell the difference between somebody who is accurately and judiciously relaying messages from beyond or within or from high-level consciousness? Mm-hmm and somebody who is merely uttering passionate nonsense from a position of mental instability, <laughs> such as schizophrenia? <clears throat> wow. That's a loaded question because I believe that every situation is unique. So it's difficult to say, here's how you know this and here's how you know that, especially when it comes to mental illness. I'm not an expert in schizophrenia. However, 
I've had some experience with a few clients that were diagnosed with that and I was able to help them. Um, so the difference between high level information is how I say it and low level information, I'll do my best to explain. Okay. I am always commanding or intending for, and here's how, exactly how I say it, only high-level beings and energies of light and love. Okay. So only high-level beings and energies of light and love may approach me or may approach us if it's a group. So, but it's hard to describe, like, how do we get this much power? We have that much power to command energy like that, especially when mm -hmm. it has to do with us and our bodies. So... The way I can discern the difference between someone who's accurately relaying messages or channeling mm -hmm. and someone who's merely uttering maybe something they're reciting that they learned years ago or memorized okay. um, is that if the information is loving, if it is non-judgmental, if it is inspiring you toward a positive action, it's likely a high-level consciousness that is being relayed or speaking. Okay. If it is some kind of warning or of danger or anything kind of negative or anything that would involve fear or anxiety or guilt, it's probably low level consciousness, which, <clears throat> you know, if somebody's got a mental illness, they could easily be possessed. Right. And being influenced in that way. Well, and it is true that schizophrenics tend to experience negative messages, negative voices. Yes, right. And they tend to also experience a lack of control over those voices. That's right. So that's that's one difference, perhaps, in the experience. Mm -hmm. A difference between your experience and a schizophrenic's experience mm -hmm. is that you experience control. And, Absolute control. Yeah. And no spirit enters my energy space or merges with me unless I've given them permission. Right. And right. that's what I established in the very beginning. Once I realized that I was able to do this, I said, okay, this is never going to happen randomly. <laughs> this is only going to happen when I say. And that's, that's, those are the boundaries I set with the spirit world. And it, it's been working, working really well. Because I don't have to ever worry about somebody influencing me in a negative way. Because yeah. I'm not allowing it. But there isn't the awareness there you know, of the one who has the mental illness, there may not be the capacity for awareness to even understand that they could control that. Right. Does that make right. sense? But I, I suppose it would be empowering for one to realize that there is, I mean, in a sense, a, somebody who experiences schizophrenia is tapped into multidimensionality, right? Could be. Yeah. Could be past lives, could be... Um, could be simply dead people who haven't crossed over that are stuck here. Mm -hmm. Could be shadow realm beings. Could be, um, could just be a chemical imbalance causing all that. It could be all of the above. Could especially be all the if above. The, if the person doesn't have a belief system that allows for the, the understanding or the control of that. That's right. And they're not empowered at all to control. I'd love to share a story, a quick story, about a client who set up a, a telephone session with me her grandson had schizophrenia. He was in an institution at the time. She asked me if I could do some of my clearing work, which I do. I do depossession work and clearing work. It's um, not as intense or dramatic as the movies would indicate. <laughs> but uh, so without his knowledge, I did a phone session with her and we cleared a number of spirits from his energy space. She said she called him the next day and he said, Grandma, 
I'm not hearing half the voices I was hearing before. Wow. And he, he was not prompted at all. He didn't know who I was. He never knew we did that. Wow. And that was interesting, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> A very, very interesting cool. result. Yeah. That's very cool. So, but the, the most important thing is, is this information inspiring or is it warning? Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of basics that you can think about. That's a very good rule of thumb, it, it would seem, for mm -hmm. somebody who's sort of uh, experimenting in this mm -hmm. realm. Right. It's very important to ask, are you from the light? I don't care if, you, if it looks exactly like someone you would expect to see. And why is that the question mm -hmm. that one would ask? Are you from the light? What does that, what does that mean? When, when, a, when a conscious means, entity hears that question, what does that mean? Right. Well, like are you light from the light? To, light the as light, opposed to darkness? Like. Light as opposed to darkness, but light meaning higher realms beyond the fourth dimension. Okay. And I'm sure we'll get more okay. into dimensions. Well, let's talk about dimensions. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> We're in 3D right now okay. and 4D. We're also in the fourth. So it's important that people understand that the third and fourth dimensions occupy the, t the same space, but not the same time. So third dimension occupies where, right where we are. Fourth dimension is also here, but it's outside of time. Now this explains why people can see ghosts mm. once in a while or hear messages from dead people or because that fourth dimension is also in a dual space. Now what I mean by this is, here in 3D we know there's good and bad, right and wrong, negative right. and positive. Mm -hmm. we that, that still exists in 4, 4D. Okay. So you will have negative spirits and positive spirits in the fourth dimension. Okay. So that's why it's important because it's the fourth dimension that links us to all the other dimensions. I so see. that's the tunnel where we're tap that we're tapping into. Interesting. To communicate. So are you from the light? If they're not in the light, or which means either in heaven or crossed over, um, then they're going to give you low-level information. I see. So now, on the fourth dimension, <clears throat> a being could be of darkness, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Shadow um, realm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, fifth dimension and higher, would you say that that's no longer possible because it, it's I would say duality that. is no longer present? I would say that. I would also say that fourth dimension is not just bad stuff. It's bad and good. So you have what people might call a demon, and you also have a fairy or a diva from the nature kingdom. Those okay. spirits are real too. <clears throat> and right. so the fourth dimension, I heard uh, author Susan Shumsky call it the here comes everybody plane. Okay. <laughs> everybody is there. <laughs> you okay. know, there are riffraff, and then there are ones who are helpful. Then there are spirits who are helpful. Right. Um, so all so of our great grandmothers are there in the fourth dimension, or not exactly? Yes and no. Hopefully they've crossed over into the fifth. I see. Where there's no more ego. The ego drops away, or the human part of us, the personality, drops away, and then we are reunited with our source. Okay. In a place that people would call heaven or fifth dimension and. And, okay. and beyond, depending on the hierarchy of everybody's frequency. That's now, some people's grandparents are still here in the fourth dimension because they haven't crossed over. I Not see. everybody crosses over when they die. Okay, so a ghost, so to speak, is in the fourth dimension. Yes. And it would like to get to the fifth dimension and higher. Or it would like to bug the third dimension a lot. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of them, if they've stayed stuck here, they're afraid. 
So they are not interested in going to the fifth. I see. Most are not. Because the energy of because fear can't, can't be transmitted no. into the fifth. And the fear is keeping them anchored here. Yeah. So many that I've encountered are afraid they're going to hell because they did something wrong. Hmm. And I just, I don't believe that's the case because I'm able to cross them over every time. Hmm. Very interesting. And then they're very happy that I have helped them. They're like, thank you, I get it now. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> um, okay, and so for the record, uh, currently scientists are aware of at least 10 dimensions. That's the, oh. that is the mm -hmm. current stance among uh, quantum physicists, mm -hmm. as I understand it. Okay. So. Um, it's wonderful that we have the technology to figure that out. Yes. Yes, because that means we're getting somewhere. <laughs> the the phenomenon we observe with light energy and sound energy would not make sense if there were fewer than ten dimensions. Mm -hmm. But but you believe that it goes beyond that. I right? do. I believe there are hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe millions of dimensions. Because awesome. I think that each dimension might have multiple dimensions, only <laughs> because of what I've seen in my mind's eye when I'm channeling spirits. Okay. I don't. I uh, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a quantum physicist, but. I've certainly had the opportunity to witness and hear and learn some amazing things that have changed my life in such a positive way. The whole channeling experience has been amazing. Okay. And now I have two channeled uh, books published so far. Yes. And which is very exciting and people are benefiting from that information. It's just such an honor. Let's, let's talk briefly about the history of channeling, because this isn't something that just came about in the last... It's, it seems to have become more popular um, in the 60s and 70s with the consciousness revolution and all of that. Yes. You have the whole New Age movement. Right. The old New Age movement. The yes. new old age movement. Right, right. right. It's no yeah, new, so but. I don't think, I think channeling has happened ever since the beginning of human existence. Right, because you've got the shamans, you've got oracles. Depends oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, even witch doctors. There you go. And, medicine men. Uh, medicine men and women. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, um, and in the Bible, we read about possession. Mm -hmm. We read about um, prophets who are receiving information, right. receiving wisdom to share. What's right. that? That's and, channeling to me. Yeah, and in every in the historical record of every culture, mm -hmm. within every, every tradition. Culture. That's right. Yeah, the, you'd be hard-pressed to find a culture that doesn't have a tradition of, of something that looks like shamanism. Right. right, and I don't think you can find a tradition that doesn't depict some kind of otherworldly being. Right, that too. With, with wings or... Right, and it's all the, yeah, it's all the right. same stuff. It is. Yeah. So, um, and then in, it's been sort of rediscovered, I would say, in different mm -hmm. various time periods. So in the 1800s, you had the spiritualists who, yes, were, that's right. who were practicing mediumship and mm -hmm. rediscovering a lot of this and stuff. And we still have them, of course. Yes, <laughs> right. And so, but this, this phenomenon of channeling and the, the, the term channeling yeah. sort of came, came into existence post-60s. Post-60s, yeah. I would say probably around the 70s and 80s. Okay. I, didn't, I wasn't exposed to it till early 90s, but I wasn't exposed to any of this until the early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw somebody channel, and I thought it was interesting. I wasn't sure if it was real, but it seemed like it was. And um, I read her books, and not long after that, it happened to me. I didn't really ask for it. This is just something that has been bestowed upon me, and I've worked to develop it, 
and um, I, ju I just feel like it's my spiritual mission or purpose to be able to share this information from high level consciousness that we can use here to help us yeah to help us become happier super important yeah very important really important but you know the shamans the oracles did they channel i don't know channeling to me is actually having the being inside of me mm. many people call channeling just relaying the information which is similar to what mediums do okay um and i do that as well i can relay plenty of information but it is the channeling that the spirits seem to want me to do Okay, so could you, could you firmly define for us the difference between relaying information and channeling? Yes. If I am in touch with a spirit consciousness of any yeah. kind, of the light, right. <laughs> um, I can decide to either allow it to merge with me and do that whole process. Depends on how much time I have, actually. Right. Because I can also hear what they're saying to me and just relay that to my client. I see. Or to the group. Um, so it's not, I'm not allowing the possession to take place for me of that wonderful, high level, high vibration, loving energy. Mm -hmm. I'm just listening and relaying. So that's now that is exactly what I do with mediumship. I don't channel our loved uh, ones who have crossed over. So they do not merge with me Gotcha. because they're at a different frequency and I've worked, I've been guided to work with higher frequencies. Interesting. So you wouldn't want to welcome that energy into your body. I wouldn't. Right. Very interesting. So um, if you're working with a client and you have the option of, of channeling a being to, to, to relay information mm -hmm. to the client or, or just, you know, uh, relaying information. Like a little message yeah, or how do you answer how, a question? How do you choose that? What's, what's the benefit of one approach versus the other? The benefit of channeling, like full. Yeah, what's the benefit um, of that? trans channeling to me is that my mind is completely out of the way and I'm not about to edit what that spirit's going to say I'm not going to interfere with that message being clear to hmm. them could you could you interfere? easily yeah easily it's taken a lot of self-control to not interfere hmm. interesting it's a tricky thing to do actually <laughs> it's very it's multitasking at I its imagine, finest i imagine yeah <laughs> it takes a lot of courage especially to do it in front of strangers and it takes complete surrender hmm. and a lot of people aren't willing to surrender themselves because they're afraid that something bad could happen i've done this so many times that nothing bad's going to happen i see now if i'm teaching people how to do this which nine out of ten people can do the first time believe it or not wow i think we all have this ability um i make sure that they're all they're doing it gently okay. <laughs> you know easily and that i am there with them so they know that if something happens i can rescue them you know like i doubt that anybody could get disconnected from their body like we do every night when we're sleeping right but there are anxieties people have about this because it's so unknown it's so yeah. mysterious and yet i believe it's really natural and i believe we're all receiving messages of some kind from some kind of consciousness or many different spirits. Well, it must be natural. If, it, if it's possible at all, then it must be natural. Mm -hmm. Like then there's this, there's this whole idea of whether it makes sense to call the sixth sense the sixth sense or whether it's really the first sense. Yeah, Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I actually do think it is the first sense because we haven't been taught what sounds are yet. We haven't been taught what 
people to not like and people to like and right. all of these concepts and beliefs that were taught with mm -hmm. the five senses. Right. <laughs> you know, ooh, that's a bad smell. How do you know that's a bad smell? Because somebody told you it was a bad smell. Um, I heard a story about someone who was visiting here from Scotland and she never had s smelled a skunk before. And hmm. someone had hit one on the road and she said, oh, what is that smell? She didn't think it was bad. She just <laughs> thought it was different. Interesting. She just didn't know what it was. So unless somebody tells you it's bad, it just is. You're supposed <laughs> to think that a skunk you know? smells bad, right? Right. So, wow. And so I used that information to help me embrace the smell of a skunk. Um, and, it, and, and every time I smell one, I think, oh, that reminds me of summer. <laughs> so <laughs> there's one takeaway the from this. Embrace the smell of a skunk. Embrace the smell. I hope they take away more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so another question. Yes. So uh, somebody might wonder, so let's say somebody is opening to this concept of channeling. Mm -hmm. They may wonder that their mind, whether or not their mind is just playing tricks on them. So let's mm -hmm. talk about that for a second. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Especially when they're developing also their clairvoyance or their inner, their third eye or their inner vision. Mm-hmm when you close your eyes and you can see visions. Now, a lot of people say, well, I've never seen a vision. Well, you have. So I always say to people, and I, I wanna go off on this a little bit because I think this is helpful. It was helpful to me. Close your eyes and imagine what your kitchen looks like. Okay. Nearly everybody can do that. That's as clear as you're going to receive visions as a clairvoyant. Right, because that, most is, of the that time. is your ability to imagine. To right. visualize. That's right? right. So And that is the mechanism that's used in this, right? Imagination is the mechanism. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Because um, I don't how would our mind play a trick on us and what would be the mechanism of that? Where does it originate? Right, because there's always there's there are inputs and outputs, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, what you're seeing in your mind could be thought of as an output, but there's some input into that. There's something in your experience, something in your mm -hmm. past, something in your mind, something in the multiverse, who knows where, frankly, mm -hmm. that is inputting into whatever your perception is, mm -hmm. right? So if you, it if could you be see your, something... It could be your spirit guide. Yeah. It could be an angel or an archangel. It could be some a saint or a master that you believe in. It could be your own higher self. A lot of people don't even know about the concept of the higher self, but it's definitely the highest part of ourselves and we can communicate with it. Um, but as far as playing tricks on us, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe in coincidence right. as something that is just random. I believe everything's orchestrated. I believe everything's synchronistic. Um, and when people say, oh, well, I thought I saw this flash of light. Why do you think you saw something? Mm -hmm. Like how do your eyes play tricks on you unless you have cataracts or something? Right. You know, how could that happen? So, yeah, it, it seems that more often than not, what's happening is that people see stuff, hear stuff, yeah. visualize stuff, receive guidance, mm -hmm. receive visions, and then they're self-defeating in the way that they process that information. Right. Because how many people, I'll bet just about everybody, has had a friend's name pop into their mind from nowhere, and then they call them that day. Mm -hmm. Or they run into them at the store. Right. And then they just say, oh, isn't that a weird coincidence? Yeah. No, that's your intuition. Right. That's, your, that's your guidance saying, hey, we're going to give you some uh, future information. Yeah. And um, then when you see that person or talk to that person, you will know that there's something more going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't that weird? No, it's not. 
almost every week somebody sits in my office and says, you're going to think this is really weird. No, I won't. <laughs> Trust me. I will not think it's weird. And um, But what does it mean? Oh, and then the mind has to go to, but what does it mean? Am right. I supposed to take this person to lunch? Am I supposed to um, do some task? No, it just means you're connected. It just yeah. means you're, you're aligned with your higher self or with the universe. And you too are intuitive like everybody has built into them inherently. There you go, the first sense. Right, mothers, it's, it's said that mothers are intuitive. Why can mothers be intuitive and not fathers? Why not the kids? Right. And how many stories have we heard about kids talking to spirits, seeing spirits, talking to angels, fairies, remembering what God looks like? I've even heard that. That's cool. Yeah. It's what I've, what I've heard um, as I've researched in this realm is that kids tend to experience all of this. Yeah. Like they're, they're born with that Until first they're sense. shut down but by then, beliefs. Yeah, our, our society <clears throat> is not currently evolved to facilitate those beliefs, right? No. In fact, we sort of actively suppress them. That's right. <laughs> My, it was suppressed for me. I had an experience at age three that is um, unexplainable. And it scared me because of what I had been told already. And I shut it down until I was 30. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we can do a whole episode about that too. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> let's clarify the difference between mediumship and what you do. Because you can, you can act as a medium, but you don't normally just as a rule of thumb mm, a medium relays information typically now so many people use mediumship for m different things okay some people channel dead people I'll just call them dead people okay. some people actually channel them they let their energy come into their body and take over a little bit of them so what is what is the definition <clears throat> of mediumship mediumship is the person who is in between this world and the next I see so technically a channeler is a medium I see. But mediumship has been used so much for um, specifically talking to our dead relatives or friends that I have gotten away from that term. But if you're if you're just uh, making contact with, say, an angelic being and mm -hmm. relaying information mm -hmm. to a client, that could be termed mediumship? Yes. Okay. Of course. Yes. Um, it's just that I don't use the term because of all of the ghost hunting shows and things that make mediumship sound like I'm only going to pick up on your dad or your grandfather or something. Okay, yeah, because <coughs> normally it, a lot of people use mediumship as a term for contacting the dead. That's like right. Specifically That's former right. humans. That's right. Right. But mediumship is technically relaying messages from any spirit being. Okay. Now channeling, to me, is having them merge with me and they speak. Okay. Um, they so, possess me, basically. <laughs> one final question. Yes. All right. So we've established that this information is coming from the fifth dimension and above when you yes. channel. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you channel high level consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, how do we know who or what is transmitting that information through you? How can you identify hmm. the being? Um, how does it identify itself? what is identity in, right, in the realm of high-level consciousness. And in the realm of the source field, where it's all one energy, you know, or one identity. Right. But for the purpose of what most of us understand to be individual consciousnesses, which we are also that. Okay. 
the, f the way that I identify a spirit, normally I will actually hear their name first. Hmm. Or I will see, I will see their energy, but not in the form of like a human. Um, I, can, I can tell what an angel looks like because it's, it's a larger energy, it's brighter, and it does sort of have like these wing-like things, maybe because that's what my mind needs to see. Hmm. But I can tell if it's angelic, or I can tell if it's archangelic, or I can tell if it's a spirit guide, or I can tell if it's uh, an ascended master like the Buddha, okay. who I've channeled for a book. Um, once I have encountered a being, sometimes it takes a minute or two to decide who they are <clears throat> or to get their name that we can use. And remember, spirits don't have names. We assign names so <laughs> we can understand who they are. And yet, I know who the Buddha is when he approaches me. I know who the Archangel Metatron is when he approaches me. Okay. Um, or Michael, because I recognize that I recognize their face, so to speak, their energy pattern. Right, so the energetic signature like. or configuration, mm -hmm. whatnot, which people have as well. And as I said before, are you from the light first? Right. I don't care if I've see, if I've channeled that archangel fifteen times. I'm going to ask it Double just to check. be sure. That's oh. your fundamental. Filter it's just insurance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> and then we talk. We touched on this a little bit, but. Would it be possible, so let's say a, 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 let's say a being identifies itself with a name, mm -hmm. could that be a lie? Is it, is it possible? I could be translating the name wrong. I'm, I'm just translating an energy pattern into a name, into a word. So let's say that the Archangel Michael approaches you. Yes. And you're considering channeling that being. Yes. How would you go through the process of verifying that that is actually the Archangel Michael? How would you verify that it's not actually some other being masking itself as the Archangel Michael? Well, as I mentioned before, are you from the light? That's the confrontative question that will determine whether they're lying or not. Now, I've encountered Michael so many times that I completely trust that it's Michael, but I still ask my guides to be sure for insurance, and um, then I proceed. Okay. Cool. Well. I think it would be interesting to, now that, now that we've got Cindy Riggs input on all these questions, I think it would be interesting to speak to a high-level consciousness about this as well. Yes. Do you agree? I agree. <laughs> okay. And then I think it will be really cool to sort of <clears throat> juxtapose your answers with those answers. So describe to us what's about to happen. So I have identified the Archangel Gabriel. Now this is the same one that people call Gabriel. It's just that this particular one has asked me to pronounce it Gabriel, and so I do. This is the Archangel that you would read about in the Bible or in the Quran, the Archangel Gabriel or Gabriel, which I will call it from this moment forward. And I have invited Gabriel's energy into my body and energy space. I can feel now the top of my head uh, vibrating as that as he he begins to pour himself into my body and I would like to take a moment to say that angels don't have gender but it is difficult to keep referring to an angel especially an archangel as an it so sometimes we do use he or she even though they are genderless extraterrestrial beings very loving and this feels pretty amazing uh, as though somebody has 
some kind of electronic device on the top of my head. I can feel that much energy as I calm myself and I'm putting myself into a semi-trance as soon as I can go into a trance in a, in a second. So I'm already there, even though I'm still talking to you. And so I'm putting my, I have put myself into the alpha brainwave state in order for this to occur. We can talk about brainwave states another time, or um, it's actually the same state as daydreaming and hypnosis. Off, most of us are in the alpha brainwave state when we are driving. So this is easy to do for everyone. Watching TV, zoning out, that's the alpha brainwave state, which is just one step under the beta state, which we were operating from a moment ago before I began this transition. Now I have a gauge in my mind's eye, or in my third eye, that shows me the progress of our integration. And we are approaching 70%. I have channeled Gabrielle many times, so this is a quick and easy one for me to merge or integrate with. And now my whole body tingles. But I'm still in I'm still engaged with my body as well. And this is how I am talking to you. But if you can imagine fitting two energy beings into one body, that's what's happening here. just makes me feel like I'm floating or that um, it's just very loving. Hmm. So what, what is the energy of Gabrielle? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. Difficult to describe. It's just Gabrielle. Um, I, I have no other way to describe it. Okay. This is just a being I've known for so long. I don't necessarily see Gabrielle. But I can hear and I can know that Gabrielle's here. And feel. So as we approach 85%, I will then step my consciousness to, out, to just outside my body, as though I'm stepping out of my body and I'm going to stand or sit there and monitor or observe the process. And so I'm going to do that now, and in a moment, Gabrielle will speak to you. Okay. It is wonderful to be in this space again, this third and fourth dimensional space and to have the opportunity to speak to you and many others. Thank you for joining us. This is a calm day. This is a peaceful day. The energy here that you have created in this space is peaceful. So this is appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. Do you have, just, just right off, um, to start with, do you have any corrections or additions to, to what we said uh, thus far in our analysis of of what channeling is. And I'm also... Channeling is available to every human being. 
every human has the capacity to receive information in one way or another. Now, channeling, from my perspective, is much more comprehensive than she has described. It also includes the seeing, the sensing, the knowing, the hearing. I would refer to all of this as channeling. You refer to this as psychic ability. I see. Okay, so you're saying that when a person has clairaudience or something like that, uh, any psychic ability that is channeling from another dimension? Yes. Because the inspiration comes from a higher frequency or a higher mm, dimension perhaps and funnels through the person's consciousness. Okay. Interesting. So, so those abilities are not originating from our own energy, our own... They are. They're inherent. There, you are born with these abilities. Is this what you mean? Um, yes, that is what I mean. So I, I guess as a psychic. So the ability of the human is to open up their capacity for that to occur. The job of the spirits is to, is, well, the job of the spirits is what we are doing every day, all day long, which is sending you information and wisdom and healing energy and answers it is up to the free will of the person to open themselves up to allow that type of channeling now. Everyone has different strengths. And so not everyone will integrate a being just as I have integrated with her today to speak to you. But others may just see pictures and that is also channeling because they are receiving information from outside the physical experience. That is a helpful clarification. Thank you. So. I'm also curious, as a conscious entity yourself, what is, what is your experience of this as you merge with Cindy? It is very dense. It is necessary for me to lower my vibrational frequency, to become more connected to your earth space or your earth plane in order to step down myself. Mm. This is similar to when humans are trying to relate to someone who is perhaps a victim or in fear mm. and they share their own fears so they are dropping down into the fear uh -huh. to to establish rapport interesting I am dropping some of my energy down she is raising some of hers and we meet you meet in the middle yes okay um, so and it is important that she maintains a high frequency as often as possible, which she does intend to do every day, so that she can maintain this level of communication. Okay. So now we also, the next question I, I was talking with Cindy about is the idea of whether or not she is conscious during. What is it, what is it like to interact with Cindy's consciousness? What is she doing right now? She is conscious, but is not interfering with me. She is observing, she is listening, but she has learned to detach her mind or her consciousness from, from allowing me or whomever to provide this service, this information and energy. She's not just transmitting information. I am not just transmitting information through her or anytime she does it. She is also, her body will transmit my energy to you or to whoever is listening. There okay. is no limit of space and time. Interesting. 
So she's observing and is detached. So from your perspective, what is the difference between what, uh, what is spirit possession? Let me say that. What is, what is spirit possession and what is the difference between that and what is happening right now? Spirit possession in the collective consciousness of humans is usually something negative and is established when a human is weak and of low frequency and they have allowed mm, outside sources to influence them. This type of person also lets other people influence them or control them and so they are in a weakened or lower vibrational state and then a being from the fourth dimension who is at a similar vibrational frequency can easily merge with them. That's interesting. So if one is vibrating at the frequency of uh, victimhood, let's say, yes, uh, that person will invite... Fear invites fear. So what some people may call evil is just fear. And if you are fearful this could happen to you, it probably can. Okay. Or you may attract it more, more readily than someone who understands this process and is in control of it as she is. Okay, and what is that concept of her being in control of it? What is Cindy Riggs' role in this in, in terms of being in control? in that she is not draining herself by allowing any rogue being to merge with her or to lower her frequency or even to take some energy from her. I see. Beings such as myself give her energy. Okay. And every one of us that has spoken through her, whether it was an individual consciousness or a collective, has left an imprint in her field. So she carries all the thumbprints of all of the beings she has channeled previously. Huh. What does that look like? A web like no other. <laughs> One that can not easily be described. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Another question. So uh, I'm hearing words, right? So, so yes. this, this, the, ultimately to facilitate the process of channeling to, to give information in this way. Words to help your mind. Right. And energy to help your soul. Okay. So I remember guess that words are all energy patterns. Okay. So so how do you choose these words? How do you how do you know English? I know English because I am using her brain and her database. So her brain is like a library of everything she has learned in this lifetime. Okay. As I am merged with her, I have access to that database. Okay. So if there's a word she doesn't know, you, you can't use it. You, you're Indeed. limited to her lexicon. Exactly. So if I were to ask you about quantum physics right now, you might not be able to... I could only relay what she understands. Interesting. Because that is all I have access to as I have dropped myself down. And yet using her words, using her vocabulary, I can express things, concepts that she has never thought of. Hmm. Okay. And this has happened over and over again for her. I see. Okay. So one of the things we talked about is our ability um, to, to discern a helpful spirit from an unhelpful one. Yes. Negative from positive, good from evil, light from dark, however you would like to juxtapose those two ideas. Uh, what would be 
what wisdom can you provide for us? When a person has reached a vibrational frequency that is closer to the fifth dimension and they are maintaining it for some time, there is very little need or even danger of a negative spirit merging or approaching. I see. But this this takes some mm, self-control in the human's um, perspective for the diet and for the sleep and for the meditation and especially monitoring the thoughts. So are you referring to what one might call a spiritual path, something like that, something to um, help the Yes. The human to get to a... An enlightenment a, yeah, a hi- path. Yeah, a, higher, a, pa- a, a path state of higher of a, consciousness. Path of awakening, yes. Okay. Now, consciousness is interesting because often people think of consciousness as everything that they have been educated to learn or to know. And awareness is a better term because it is being aware of everything that you are choosing as well as everything going on around you. It's okay. a lot to manage. Right. Have I answered the question? You have. And we also, we, we keep mentioning these dimensions, right? Fourth and fifth dimension. Yes. Could you provide some, some wisdom for us in that regard? To further understand the dimensions? Further understand the dimensions and how it relates to this topic. As I sit here in her body, I am sitting in the third, fourth, and fifth dimensions because that is my capability. Her body is sitting in the third dimension but shares energies now with the fourth and fifth dimensions. When I leave her or disintegrate from her, she will then be restored to third and fourth dimensions for most of her day until she taps into something else or does some more of her spiritual work in which uh, then she will move into the fifth very quickly. Does, mm, I understand that you are asking more about the uh, terrain Mm -hmm. perhaps so the third dimension you are, with which you are very familiar is the dimension of matter and solid, solid things like the chair you are sitting on and the clothes you are wearing. What the are the first and second dimensions? What is that? Is that just the third dimension is, a, is an expression of everything that we can see and feel and touch? Yes. That first dimension, you would not be able to have an experience of it. I see. It does not have density. It does not have mm, hues and differences. Second dimension, there are no beings that exist in these dimensions. Okay. For there is not much to understand or experience. Perhaps they're foundational. They are foundational, of course. Yes. Okay. So then third dimension we're all very familiar with. And then the fourth, which exists right here, which is where I have traveled to today to meet you also includes the beings that you call mythological creatures such as dragons your Loch Ness monster your Yeti phoenixes these types of beings exist in the fifth and sometimes appear in the fourth I see they are high-level beings for the most part depending on how much time they're spending in the fourth or the fifth And they walk between worlds. These are interdimensional beings. It is not as cut and dried as the mind would like. (laughs) And I could explain many things, but it is not important to confuse you, but to keep things simple. So space Particularly for those who are new to this information. Okay, so space-time 
is something that from the third dimensional perspective we perceive as fundamental and real uh, that, that there are different points in time and we cannot skip between them right from the human perspective from yes. the human perspective from the incarnate perspective right mm -hmm. the incarnate perspective I like that mm -hmm. um, as soon as we go into the fourth dimension what is space-time it is space but no time okay so you can still navigate this earth plane you can still go to your childhood home. You can still visit your friends. You can still walk to an ancient site or hover over mm, a lake. But there is no concept of time. I see. And are you referring to hovering over a lake sort of within the mind's eye? Mm, in spirit a, form. In spirit form. Yes, okay. if you are walking the fourth dimension in spirit form, you are experiencing the space and distance, but not the time. Okay. Okay. So there is no concept of one day or 100 days. I see. It all just is happening. And you, you are a little more present than you are in human form. Okay. And then the fifth dimension, space-time. The fifth dimension is beyond space-time, and it is oneness. Okay. It is the source field of all that is. And it is light and it is love. And that is all. Okay. It is. <laughs> because <laughs> even beyond that, it is all light and love. So sixth, seventh, eighth, above that. Those, that area, this, the source field of light and love is your home. This is your temporary stage. Where you are playing a part. Okay. And you are interacting with others. And you are experiencing things and learning things. And most importantly, you came because you wanted the intensity of emotions, whether you call them negative or positive. I see. That intensity does not exist in a space outside of duality because there is no contrast or a comparison. And so that is why as fifth dimensional beings, by nature, we project into the third dimension. Would you say it that way? Or Indeed, would you say it yes. yes. Okay. So that we can experience duality. And it is also important for me to mention that as a member of the archangelic realm or the angelic realm, we are willing and standing by to help humans with any issue at any time for any reason. Thank you. You're welcome. What is an example of, of something that you enjoy helping humans with? What do you well, we don't enjoy necessarily, but it is, we are pure love. So we help inspire the human. We help to move them toward their, the, the correct path they have chosen, even though we do not choose that for them. It is more powerful for a human to command protection around themselves than to ask us, but we will still assist. I see. And if you need one or one, trillion of us we will appear to you and and we will assist you there is no job too big or small but we are not going to interfere with someone else's behavior we only help the person who is asking for help and we inject as much love as we can if the person will accept it interesting so would you say that that is that is your role is to help humans or do you have help to lift them up help, help to enlighten them yes do you have a, another role outside of that or is that your primary aim that is the primary aim although there are many other races that we work with i see beyond human beyond earth plane i see okay 
and you say that you don't enjoy, is that you Be, enjoy is an emotion. Right. So you're referring to the to We the are just in joy. <laughs> you are in joy. Clever. <laughs> okay. Um, and when you say that you are pure love, what do yes. you mean by that? Love is the creative force that has created all things. We do not have the capacity for judgment. We do not have the capacity for um, organizing or labeling things. We are only able to transmit love. So if you are asking one of us to help you with harming someone, we will not be able to do it. Okay. And it's, so not, it's not in our capacity. Love is a specific energy, right? Love is an energy, not an emotion. Okay. Love is a, it has a frequency and an amplitude, one might say. The highest. Okay. That there is, yes. It is, so, okay, so love is a higher, love is a higher frequency energy than any other? Love is the source frequency. Interesting. And we are aspects of that source, mm, assistance, so to speak. So then what about the energy of compassion? What is compassion. the energy of compassion? The concept of compassion, as you, mm, it, it depends on the human's definition of compassion. I see. Each human has a different definition, slightly different. So compassion, yes. Are you asking if we have it? Of course we have it. I'm asking or, if it's different from love. So if you're saying love is, you're saying not love It is, is not much different than love. Okay. Compassion is a word that is misused here, and yet it could encompass pure, unconditional love. I see. What about another positive thing like hope? Let's say hope. Hope is, is hope? also a concept. Okay. Hope ought to be called faith instead. I see. Trusting in divine order, trusting in the guidance and the assistance, not hoping for something that may or may not manifest. Right. Okay. Hope has some negative energy built in it. Okay. So all of these, all of these concepts. Uh, so I, I suppose, could we say that the positive aspect of hope, unlike the negative one that you just referenced, the, the positive aspect of hope oh, the positive is, aspect is, of hope, is powered yes. by love, ultimately? Yes, yes, and All trust. Of those? Okay. And faith. All right. So if love is the fundamental positive energy, or mm -hmm. I, the fundamental energy itself... Um, fundamental energy of creation? Yeah. Yes. Is there a fundamental negative energy, or is that just the absence of love? That is the dual nature of this place. So once you step your energy down toward human form, you start to engage in the duality, the, the negative and the positive. It only exists in third and fourth dimensions. Okay. And first and second, of course. So anger, hate, jealousy, that only exists Fear, in third dimension. resentment, and guilt. Fourth. Okay. Right. Once a person leaves the physical body as they transition or die and they cross over into the light or the source field or the fifth dimension or and beyond, the ego drops away and there is no more fear. Interesting. No more issues. It is impossible for a spirit being of light to judge or to be angry or to have any other type of human emotion that is not bliss and joy. So what is that like? I, I realize there probably aren't many words that would help there you describe aren't. it. But. There aren't any words, and yet often 
people will reincarnate because they enjoy the intensity. You enjoy extreme sports here. You enjoy the adrenaline rush, and there is no adrenaline rush beyond here. So is it, is it boring beyond here? It can be boring, yes. It just is. It's just existence. Interesting. And yet there's evolution happening within it too, but not to confuse you today. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. What, what about this concept of the mind playing tricks on us? So let's say that- Impossible. Okay. Unless there is an aneurysm mm. or some altered state of being that is causing fragmentation of the spirit, such as in the case of one who has dementia and is operating in more than one world at, the, at a time. I see. But even <laughs> that, even that might be a true representation of both worlds combined in an awkward way. Yes. Both realities are real. Okay. All realities are real. There are many, many probable realities, parallel realities. Okay. Remember that everything is happening in the same, in the same time. So let's say a person uh, receives what one might call a message and one thinks that's just my mind playing tricks on me. What's happening in that moment? They're insecure. They do not trust in themselves. They do not have the con confidence to confide in themselves. So, or the self-confidence to confide in the self. So they are simply skeptical and fearful. Hmm. And this is normal. This is the human experience. And you come here to find things that, that frighten you and to overcome them. Sounds fun. It's very empowering. Okay. Um, so we also talked about the history of channeling. I mean, this, uh, this concept of new age and everything that happened after the 60s, uh, consciousness revolution. Uh, what's, what's your take on, on this? How have, how have humans interacted differently with you over time? Mm. Well, in the ancient times, as you would say, it had to be kept secret. I see. It was very hidden or occulted. And that, that is why it began, people began calling it the occult, even though occulted just means hidden. Hmm. So there were underground cities, underground temples, underground churches or um, synagogues where the law or the government at the time would not allow this type of belief. And why? Why would the government it would it would threaten the the system it I would see. threaten the current system that was used for the law for the the rule of the town or the city I see because if one receives guidance from beyond um, they may have more power than the leader and that is too yeah. much of a threat I see so it was used to control and keep keep them peasant like as you would say I see so this has gone on throughout time, always. Um, there have been individuals who could receive information and do receive information and healers, natural healers, clearly channeling healing energy directly from source throughout time. So it is just that you have increased your media since mm, particularly your 70s and 80s, 19. 70s and 1980s in that more of it is known now more is published more is spoken more is particularly in your country where you have freedom of speech okay 
So it's not that channeling suddenly became a thing. It's just that it's always been a thing. <laughs> we we began um, publicizing it, and, yes. and we have a little bit more openness. Just as everything seems to be more, more intense, more of it, because you are receiving more information about it. I you see. have many many channels of media that are being fed to you all day long. Okay. Not that much has changed on the planet. You just hear about it more often. Okay. So, continuing into the future then, how, what should our relationship with this be? How should we use channeling in our lives if, if we strive to be um, the best humans we can be? Mm. How to use channeling. First, it is important that you in- adopt the belief that it is natural and it is safe and it is available to you. It always has been. That could take some time, that step. But the relationship should be that it is more of a natural ability, just like a child speaking of an angel visiting the, the bedroom. It is no different for anyone else. And all humans are truly equal. And so all are deserving of all they will allow. <laughs> all we will allow. Yes. Okay, so the difference between um, mediumship and channeling we talked about, that is, um, we, we talked about... This is terminology and difficult for me to define. I see. Because there, you do not have one agreed upon definition of either mm, term. Okay. okay, so let me ask this. The difference between um, what's happening right now and if we were to be instead talking to a, a human that has passed on, right? Mm. Yes, the human who has crossed over may not have the largest picture that an angel would have or an archangel. Not because there is something wrong with them, just because they are at a different frequency in the hierarchy of all beings. Mm. They, would have a, they would have a view as though they are human mm, without the fear, without the ego. So they could unconditionally and lovingly watch the scene. I see. And describe from their perspective. Each spirit has a unique perspective. Um, So then another big topic that we touched on was the idea of how how can we trust information coming from a given entity? You must learn to use your internal feeling or your internal knowing. Okay. When you receive information, does it feel loving to you? Does it feel like it may be helpful? You always choose whether or not you are interested in listening to the information. However, once you've heard it, you will have to determine with your gut or your heart, not with your mind. Many people will go to fear immediately because of what they have been taught or what their their limited beliefs are and they will shut down the whole process I see so it is important that first adopt the idea that something's possible listen to everything take only what resonates and resonates means how does it feel inside that's how you will know if it is helpful or if it is not helpful so if one is feeling angry, though, a, a spirit of anger could resonate. 
Is that true? That is true. Yes. Okay. So from where are you vibrating or being or operating? Because that will determine what you are attracting. It is not that the high level beings are not speaking to you. It's that you have not raised yourself to match them with your trust, with your faith, with your love. I see. So what, what can we do to be careful? Okay, so I, I appreciate the message of empowerment, uh, that, yes. that, we should, that we should grow to, to trust our instincts, uh, our feelings, our knowing. Well, you don't need commandments to tell you what to do. You all know inherently what you are not to do and what you are to do. And yet your mind creates stories about why you should do this thing anyway, even though you could get in trouble or it could harm another person. You know when you are not supposed to eat junk food. You know when you are not supposed to mm, speak up to a person or punch them in the face. <laughs> You know these things inherently. You do not need commandments. You do not need guidelines. It is built within the you that is the true you. But it is the ego or the fearful you that changes all of these things. So okay. what do you need to do? It's more that you need to be rather than do. Be faithful. Be trust, trusting of divine order if you have such a concept. And we can explore that more at another time but trust trust in your higher self that it knows how to guide you and when you are ill or when you are feeling not yourself or depressed these are the messages telling you that you are not being and doing where you are supposed to be being and doing okay what about Cindy's process of asking if an energy is from the light and then uh, confirming with her three guides. This is excellent for those who are beginning and learning the discernment process. It is not necessary for her anymore, although she still does it for insurance. I see. Sometimes, not every time. Okay, well, thank you so much for relaying thank all this information to us. for allowing me to come into your space and speak to you in your language. I am always willing, as is the entire angelic realm, to help you to evolve. Thank you very much. Is there any, any final wisdom you'd like to give us or is this sufficient? Mm. The word is love. What you do with that is up to you. But that is the greatest tool, the greatest weapon. Thank you. Thank you, Archangel Gabriel. So he's disintegrating from me now. Or his energy is lifting out of my body. What is that like? Um, just feels like it's bubbling up and out of me, <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't feel as tingly already. I don't feel as, uh, it's almost like a little bit of adrenaline that it feels like, that tingliness. Okay. And as he leaves me, I may see pictures or something, um, colors. I just saw purple. And I'm just starting to feel more like, I'm starting to step back into my body and um, just reintegrate with it. Reorient myself into the physical. I will be a little spacey for a few hours after this. Okay. So that's pretty normal. <laughs> yes.
so, so thank you again, Gabrielle. It was interesting. So you were observing that? I was observing that, yes. And what are your observations? I think it's interesting that we had somewhat different answers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I learned some things today. So I'm grateful for this opportunity too, and I hope that it will spark the imagination or the intuition of those who are listening. Okay. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com. 